Can you go one, two, three? Four, six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, cuatro, cinco, seis, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, doce. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what is new and innovative in education. And today we're talking with parents and students about language. Today's episode is the fourth in a series of sharing conversations with ed leaders, students, and parents about what's next in language learning innovation. The focus of today's podcast is the parent and student perspective on language learning. And that darling little voice was your daughter, Charlie. So I should note that we have a special guest in the studio today. This is our COO, Caroline Vanderark. And not only do we hear more about why she and her husband have been passionate about giving Charlie experiences in both Spanish and English, but we also hear from a parent and son team, Mary Alice and Curran D. We start with Emily and Caroline discussing language learning. Caroline's daughter, as you heard, at only 20 months old, is already speaking Spanish, even though both her parents are not native speakers. We wanted to highlight how even at a young age, students engage with language through face-to-face learning and the use of online tools and apps. Hi, this is Emily. Today I have Caroline Vander Ark, COO of Getting Smart with me. She's joined me today to talk a little bit more about the parent perspective and language learning. Caroline, do you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me come and talk. Um, as you said, I'm a member of the Getting Smart team and also the proud mom of a 20-month-old named Charlie. Um, and so excited just to talk a little bit about what we've been experiencing in kind of her first 20 months as she develops um, not one but two languages. So why are you exposing Little Miss Charlie to a second language now? Like you said, she's 20 months old. Um, tell us a little bit about that decision. Yeah, so I mean, part of it was that uh, my husband and I both felt really strongly about the fact that we wanted her to be exposed from an early age. We both remember taking uh, both Spanish and German in high school and are frustrated by the fact that we didn't retain as much of that as we would have liked. Um, We definitely can both go on a vacation and perhaps look through a menu and be able to do some light conversation. Um, But it was really important to us that Charlie um, got language learning, not just in English, but in a secondary language from, you know, the beginning, because we just felt like um, the the way that children are able to grasp language is really fascinating. Um, and then we also um, had the really wonderful experience of having a nanny who, uh, you know, speaks Spanish as her first language um, and was really interested in uh, teaching her Spanish. And um, we had some really wonderful discussions with her about how that would look and what we wanted to make sure that Charlie was learning. So, you know, primarily it was uh, a focus of Ryan and I's, but then also having a nanny that's in the home with her every day speaking Spanish kind of helped aid that decision. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what that looks like and how you've seen her progression in language learning? Yeah. So, you know, when my husband and I are around her, um, we're primarily speaking English to her. We definitely um, try to focus on uh, not just using the English word, but if there's, you know, the Spanish word that we both are really familiar with, um, going back and forth on that. So, for example, counting uh, the ABCs, um, all of her colors, you know, things that are easy for my husband and I not being fluent Spanish speakers to also 
um, plug into our daily conversation. But when she's home with the nanny, she's speaking Spanish all day. Um, so she's fully immersed into it. They have, you know, Spanish television on. They're listening to um, Spanish music. Um, and my nanny's children also come over and they're primarily speaking Spanish to her. So she's fully immersed into, you know, the Spanish language um, throughout the day. And then at the, you know, after hours, and my husband and I are with her, we're fully speaking English too. Um, so I think the immersion has been what's really powerful for her. So it's not just learning a couple phrases here and there. She's listening to people have full conversations. Do you notice that she's using her Spanish sometimes with you and Ryan? Definitely. And it's been really fun because sometimes I have to, you know, even call or text the nanny at night and say, you know, what is she saying to us? And she'll tell me, oh, that's a new <laughs> phrase she learned today. Um, but it's been really beautiful because I think it's been fun for Ryan and I to to kind of get the language learning bug again, too, and to remember, like, how important that was to us. And so I think we've both made a commitment to making sure that we are learning Spanish and find ways to make it, you know, immersed into that, our family life. That brings me to my next question. It's clear that you have this mutual commitment to ensuring that she has language exposure and experiences throughout her life. What do you hope for her schooling and education, not just now, you know, in the home and as she's a toddler and growing up, but in the future as well? And, and will that include language? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for Charlie, we really hope that, her learning experiences um, teach her respect for the world, you know, and teach her respect for um, different learning styles, too. And I think that's part of why the language acquisition piece has been so important to us, because it's not just the importance of learning English. Um, we've really appreciated, like, what language acquisition means and, like, how that can actually be a bridge into other cultures. It's, it's really important for us that she understands that not everybody speaks the language that she speaks at home and that um, that's not... Uh, an issue or a challenge, you know, it can be an enabler. It can be a way that she can get to learn something else. Um, and so we really like that focus on um, just respect for other cultures too. And I hope that um, as we look at types of schools that she's going to enter and all of the different learning opportunities that she'll have, that she'll look at sort of differences in both language and skills um, as a really wonderful opportunity to learn from other people. Um, so I think that's, you know, definitely something that language learning can do. Um, we definitely hope to find, you know, I think immersion programs will be a really wonderful fit for her. I'd hate for her to just go do, you know, one language class. I would love for her to be, find ways to continue kind of having this dual immersion experience as she goes into more formal education. And I know from knowing you personally that you also try and immerse her in different cultures by way of the community that you live in and the cultures that are present there. So, that's a way I know that you're extending that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think especially given um, the city that I grew up in and that we live in now, there's a, over 130 first languages spoken in our school district. Um, so she'll have a lot of exposure to that. And even as you just drive down kind of the main strip in our city, you see all the different restaurants. And and that's so important, too. It's, it's fun if we walk into um, a restaurant that, you know, has a primarily Spanish-speaking crowd, like Charlie's eyes light up. And she loves, like, I, it's just like, I understand what they're saying type look that she gives to me and Ryan. And, like, there's that's such a joy, I think, as a parent for your child to to not just appreciate a new culture, but to, like, feel like they're part of it, too. Um, so I think that was one of the first moments, like, as we walked into a restaurant and Charlie heard, you know, um, music playing that was in Spanish lyrics and Charlie was like excited about it and was like understanding words. It was like, okay, that that's worth it, right? Like that's why you do this for your children. 
So you've already seen some of those positive outcomes and benefits, but what advice would you give to parents who are maybe a little bit hesitant about taking that jump and intentionally providing language experiences to their kids as young as maybe a child is Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be scary. I think people, one of the worries is that if they're learning two languages at once, you know, maybe they won't pick up on both of them as well as they should. Like, is that going to hold her back in English development? Um, and we definitely worried for that. And, and part of it, too, especially with Ryan and I not being fluent Spanish speakers, is like, are we going to be able to ch- communicate with our child, right? Like, that can be a definite concern, Um And we just haven't seen it. I think it's like allow your child to kind of guide you through the process, you know, and don't push them. Um, If Charlie's speaking an English sentence to us and and like puts in a Spanish word, like we think that's beautiful. And I don't, I think that's part of it too, is just being open to the process and allowing um, them to kind of develop the language. And the cutest thing um, that she'll do is when she's trying to count one through five, she'll mix English and Spanish words and just allowing her to do that and not feeling like we have to correct her. um, That's that's part of this development process and allowing her brain to work through that. So I'd say just be patient and, um, and know that like language develops at different rates too, whether, you know, you're an infant learning or you're an adult. Like I think language development is so different for everybody. So just being patient and allowing kind of follow your child and feel what they're most comfortable with, I would say is probably um, the best bet. So one thing, Caroline, that both you and I and the rest of the Getting Smart team focus on is innovations in education. Uh, We're doing this podcast series with Rosetta Stone actually to highlight some of those innovations in the language space. So I want to ask you, what do you kind of think next is coming in the field of language? Yeah, I think the the more that we can um, mimic that dual immersion, so whether a student is able to go, we, you know, you've been to a bunch of them this year, and we highlight these really wonderful dual immersion programs, right, where a student is actually getting to spend a part of their day learning English and a part of their day um, on Mandarin. Um, There's some really great school examples where it's part of a whole school model. Um, And I think those are wonderful, but not everybody has access to those. So I I can see that um, there'll be more ways to figure out dual immersion immersion programs, like whether it's a, a full curriculum that's available online that can switch between, you know, two languages, um, finding ways to make sure that even students in rural communities where they might not have Mandarin um, get some of those opportunities through some online learning. Um, We've really appreciated that there's even just on, you know, YouTube where there's lots of really great examples of the exact same nursery rhyme in English and in Spanish. And that's one of the ways that we've tried to infuse that. So playing the English version for Charlie and then playing the Spanish version for Charlie and really showing her what that looks like musically. Um, So I, I see, you know, a lot more of the dual immersion programs coming about um, that won't just be focused on kind of one language acquisition, but more focused on, you know, the acquisition traits in general and allowing um, hopefully families and students to be a bit more flexible on, on what those languages are and kind of allowing them to choose which language they want to learn in that day. More personalized yeah. language options. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else, Caroline, you want to share with our audience? You know, I just, like I said before, I think um, it it can be scary to think about language acquisition as an adult, too. And I think um, watching my daughter, you know, learn a language 
two languages at 20 months um, has been fascinating. And it's just a good reminder to me that um, we're never too old to acquire a language. And it might seem daunting, but we're, you know, my husband and I are both really looking forward to kind of learning alongside her. Um, so it's, it's fun uh, to watch a child learn and think about how that can sort of infuse your own learning as an adult too. Thank you so much, Caroline. And where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at C Vanderark. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now we talk with a parent and son team that are advocates of more meaningful use of technology and also using that technology to learn language. We asked them to join this podcast today because they both believe that language is a powerful connecting tool and that the use of technology can actually enhance students' language learning experiences. Curran and Mary Alice join us from Connecticut, but they're often on the road talking about digital citizenship. Kern is an avid Twitter chat host and has given a TEDx youth chat on the topic of digital learning. They start our discussion by sharing more about why technology is important in their learning experiences and then highlight how language fits into that equation. Okay, so I'm Mary Alice and um, we're a mother and son team. And I'm Curran D. I'm CK of Digit Kids. And so we go around as a mother and son, and we really get to talk about and help uh, parents and educators really understand and navigate um, the digital world. And our focus really is on digital citizenship and digital access. Great. So you just said you're CK. Did you say CKO? Tell me about that. What that stands for? Chief Kid Officer. Chief. Kid officer, I like it. What does a chief kid officer do when it comes to digital citizenship and learning? Um, get everybody involved and um, get digital access for all students everywhere and promote the positive, not the negative. And so why did you want to be a CKO? What made you want to do that? Because kids, everybody has a voice. And I want digital access for all students everywhere. At home, I got to use tools to connect with the world. And at school, I do tests and worksheets. Before they started talking about language learning, Emily wanted to make sure there was a chance for Curran to share what he has been up to when it comes to connecting with other classrooms around the world. It was this interest in technology that spawned his love for online learning, which includes language learning. He's a regular Twitter chat host and loves learning from others. He describes the Skypeathon that he participated in and how experiences like that have gotten him hooked. Do you want to share about the, what we did for the Skypeathon? The Skypeathon, we um, uh, how many classrooms did we connect with in Scotland? A, a, a couple of uh, yeah, a couple well, classrooms. But you want to tell the one in particular because that's just a great story. Uh, Mrs. Jalen's classroom. They sang us um the um a song to celebrate St. Andrew's Day, and we would never have known it. I mean, we could like read a book about it, but to see it live was awesome. I could just jump in there and say I wouldn't even we would never even known about St. Andrew's Day. In fact, when we connected that day, we didn't even know it was St. Andrew's Day. And to be able to experience it with a classroom full of um, students from Scotland, um, I mean that's a, that's a game changer. Kern has used Skype and other social media tools all well in fourth grade to connect with others. He has even taken up blogging so he can learn from students around the world. We then asked this team to talk more about language learning. 
Kern is not in a dual language program at school or at a language specific school, but due to technology and a great Spanish teacher at his elementary school, he's able to take Spanish about three times a week for half an hour. He also can then continue his learning at home. He shares with us why he likes learning a language. Can you tell me a little bit more about learning Spanish? Um, it's really fun. I love doing it. I learn on Rosetta Stone and I also learn at school. So do you think learning language will help you in life? Yeah, because you can like travel different countries and you can and you can speak to them and like learn about like learn about the culture and like traditions actually from somebody. Do you like learning Spanish online? You can go at your own pace. You can go on whenever it's convenient for you. And it's like easier to learn because it's just you, not a whole class. So it's just like a a, a program that you can Whenever it's convenient, you can hop on and it's, you know, you can pace yourself. I've been able to take Spanish since the first grade. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out Season 2, Episode 48 with Dr. Lisa Frumkiss. This podcast is part of a series sponsored by Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone Language Learning Suite for K-12 provides flexible e-learning solutions that are easily integrated with the teacher's in-class instruction. For more, visit rosettastone.com or see information included in this blog. Before the interview, Kern mentioned to Emily that he feels like language should be taught in more connected ways and throughout other subjects. He dropped the M word, Minecraft, and so Emily had to investigate more. Well, what about this Minecraft in Spanish? What's that all about? Well, this is where he wishes he could learn Spanish. He wishes he could learn Spanish this way because you want to talk about the chat that you moderated? Um, um, a few weeks ago, I moderated a Minecraft EDU chat. And so we were moderating that chat as a mother and son. And mm-hmm. um, and our focus was really about Minecraft and digital citizenship and amplifying student voice. And all these different teachers and students came to the chat. And there was one um, teacher in particular um, in the Twitter handle. Let me just make sure I have it. Um, is IRV Spanish is the Twitter handle, and that um, and what was fantastic was um, that that teacher shared. You want to describe how that teacher teaches Spanish? Um, he teaches um teaches Spanish to to um have fun while learning about vocabulary. So they're like, what are they? They're building two things at once. We're building a community and also learning about building vocabulary. If you're learning Spanish with Minecraft, it's like learning two languages at once. What do you want from school and from learning? Um, having us lear- learning about the world with the world, um, using different tools, um, learning languages more. Curran then shared how he is integrating Spanish into projects that he works on at home. Bunsi is a um, a digital storytelling tool, and I curated um, a Buncee with, like, all the different um, um, Spanish animal names and, like, a picture of them. So you have been using your Spanish that you learn online and in class to do projects. Do you think you'll try and learn another language, or do you want to stick to Spanish? 
I want to learn another language. I think I want to learn Chinese. Oh, Mandarin, my friend is in China right now, and that's a hard language to learn, but I think a really important one. Mary Alice shared a bit of the parent perspective about learning and technology. Parents often express the struggle to figure out how to limit screen time, but also give their children an opportunity to learn with technology at home. She gives some background into their philosophy and daily technology habits. Mom, Mary Ellis, what do you think about any of your thoughts from a parent perspective on language learning or just learning in general? I just see there are so many. I mean, it's endless possibilities. Um, and I, I feel like as a parent, um, you know, a lot of times I think when we go places and we speak to people, they think that we're always plugged in and we're actually not a plugged in family. I mean, when you want to describe when you get home off the bus, what do you want to go do? Play outside. It's back to being human and, and being present and having those opportunities that you do get to go outside and play right after school. Um, and when we do plug in, it's very mindful. Uh, there's purpose behind it. And it's something that, as a mother and son, we're doing together. So to bring in that digital citizenship part, I can tell you, you know, a lot of those apps will say you've got to be 13 years old. And so I, we consider this like driver's ed. Um, that we're kind of learning the rules of the road together um, so that by the time that, you know, you got your license and you've got these, you know, a device and you've got these apps, that you really, um, that you're seeing this as an opportunity as the most powerful learning tool, um, more so than just a way to, you know, communicate um, with your peers, although that's very, very important. But, you know, how do you take that um, – and really apply it uh, to connecting and collaborating with people around the world. Well, thanks for sharing, and um, we enjoyed having you on the podcast. I'm sure that you're going to do great things, both of you. Well, thank you for having us, and we love being able to share our story um, because we just hope that it really, we get to inspire, um, you know, other families. Uh, as well as, you know, inspire anybody in the classroom. Um, because I feel like what Curran shared, I mean, he, he really would like to learn this way, um, during the academic day. And where can, tell our audience where we can find you online. You can find me at, for my Twitter account, at Curran Central or at Kids. And I think, you know, if you find Curran through Curran Central, that's our mother and son. Twitter handle, and then Digstick Kids. Um, if you find him, you'll be able to find me. A big thanks to Caroline, Mary Alice, and Curran for speaking with us today, to Emily Liebtag for producing, and to Troy Lund for his mixing support. You can find Curran on Twitter, at Curran Central, and links to his videos in this blog. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Caroline and Megan signing off.